right, you guys, let me ask you a question. How important is self-improvement to you? How important is it for you to grow and become a better person? Well, let me give you guys a really good tip. I want you guys to go check out my boy Jawan and his podcast, The Minds with Hakeem Podcast. Now, this podcast is all about self-education. Every single week, he's dropping new episodes on various topics that will promote growth and self-development straight from an expert. You can also tune into his Instagram Live every single Wednesday night to hear uh, from inspiring guests at the minds podcast again that's at the minds podcast on instagram and new episodes drop on every single platform every single thursday guys go check out jawan and the minds with hakeem podcast go check it out hey, what's up you guys this is phoenix welcome back to another episode of rise again podcast on this week's episode i am sitting down with emily lang she is a great teacher we have here in our community co-founder of run dsm moving 515 and a bunch of other things and just someone i've been wanting to talk to for a very long time i uh I've heard so many great things about her, and uh, this is actually the first time that we've met. And I just, I just, you know, have heard, like I said, so many things and um, so many great things, and so much, you know, awesome stuff that she does for the community and for our youth here. Um, and so I've been wanting to sit down with her and have this conversation for her to tell her story and just a little bit about who she is, her background. Um, a little bit about, you know, Run DSM and Moving 515 and all the great things she does for our community. So uh, really excited about that. But before we get into that, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into last week's episode um, with, you know, it was a solo episode of me just talking about, you know, everyone uh, just embracing their failures. And it's something I try to live my life by. And, you know, hopefully you guys took something away from that episode. I definitely uh, appreciate you guys reaching out and just saying you enjoyed the episode and everything. Um, whenever people reach out and just say, Hey, like, you know, checked out the episode, liked the episode, or I liked this part about the episode just makes me feel good, man. And, um, definitely appreciate anyone who reaches out. But, uh, man, besides that, this week's been definitely interesting. I had some car troubles at the beginning of the week. I had a tire basically go off my rim. And while I was just about to leave my place, so thankfully I wasn't out on like a highway or, um, you know, a main road or anything. Uh, and you know, got that all taken care of and everything. And, uh, other than that, just been slowly uh, getting ready for, uh, basically we we're in production for the state uh, climbing hoodies and really uh, had some shipping delays with our warehouse for the blanks. There's still some that are kind of, um, you know, we're waiting to get and everything, but slowly trying to get everyone's orders. Um, the homies over at Inkspace are printing, so, uh, you know, right now and uh, I'm really looking forward to just getting everybody's orders out and everybody rocking the hoodies and, um, you know, enjoying rocking these hoodies and these, this like cold ass weather that we got right now. It's like negative six outside. So just, you know, layering the hoodie up and, um, these new colors, I'm really looking forward to like the sage and, you know, the olive and the chocolate, and, um, the maroon even and everything. And, uh, it's just really cool to see all the support again. Thank you guys so much for, um, just showing out for that collection and, definitely looking to do more in the future and i will say that this is the last time for a bit that i'm going to use like that design like the stairs on the back and like all that kind of stuff um just as you know this is not something i'm trying to basically do as like um just like slap a logo or like merch or things like i really want to like this is a, a passion of mine is trying to get into design and creating my own clothes and building a community around it um, and so I'm really looking to do new things and try new things, um, with this next collection that will be coming very soon. So definitely just stay tuned for that. Um, I'm really looking, just looking forward to, uh, you know, I've been working on sketches and just trying to think of new things and, um, 
the message of state climbing is always there. It's something I live by and uh, really care about. But I just I, I'm really looking forward to trying some new logos and some new designs um, for the clothing at least. And uh, hopefully you guys still support and hopefully you guys still rock with it. But uh, the hoodies are on the way, and you know we're we're getting everything done. So I'm just really looking forward to getting this out to everybody. Uh, and just thank you guys for all the patience and again for always supporting but all right you guys I'm really excited for this interview I'm really excited to have this conversation so without further ado this is Emily Ling all right you guys welcome back to another episode of Rise Again podcast I have a very special guest <laughs> someone I've been wanting to meet for a very long time and I've heard a lot about um, we have the you know an amazing teacher uh, co-founder of Run DSM Movement 515 and a bunch of other things a great uh, person we have in our community, Miss Emily Lane. Yes, thank you for thank having you me. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Really excited uh, to have a conversation with you and yeah. everything. Now, just starting off, usually, uh, just very simple, just tell the people about yourself. Yeah, well, um, my name is Emily. Um, I am a public school teacher in Des Moines Public Schools. I actually co teach the Urban Leadership Academy at Central Campus. And I also co-created Run DSM and Movement 515 almost 10 years ago. We have our 10-year anniversary coming up um, in March. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's what I do now. Just keep on, you know, giving back to the community and mm -hmm. helping kids out and everything. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And, like, we were talking, you know, off air. It's just, like, I've heard so much about you. And so, like, it's cool to, like, really uh, put a name to the face when yeah. you're listening and stuff. Yeah. Um, how did kind of, you know, I want to kind of take things a little bit, step back. How did you get started into, like, what was kind of like life growing up for you? Like, were you, are you originally from Des Moines? I'm not. I actually, I grew up in Oskaloosa, Iowa, um, <clears throat> small town Iowa. Mm. Um, I was a theater kid growing up. Like, I was very much so connected to the arts. I, I started to do, like, community theater from the time I was six until, I mean, literally I graduated from high school and... Um, those were my people is that was kind of my my way to express myself and um, all of my best friends growing up were were theater kids as well I wasn't like very sporty I mean you grow up in a small town and like sports are like really you yeah. know I think really dominant and that was just not me but um, I mean I think like I yeah I mean I I had a I had a great great growing up but I also think like um I really struggled as a, as a teenager. Um, I mean, theater was my safe space, but I also think that, you know, just like a lot of, I think, teenagers trying to find themselves as a, as a young woman, like I, I struggled a lot with, um, you know, several things, which I think is like what naturally ended up bringing me to, um, to education. Um, I graduated and um, got a theater scholarship to Simpson College and was there for about a year and then didn't really know what I wanted to do and transferred um, to a different school and um, and ended up finding my way um, to Des Moines um, when I was 19 years old. I actually, it's, it's funny, I was just thinking about it this morning. I, um, I moved here to live in a halfway house, actually, when I was 19 years old. Um, I was just... Um, recovering from from a lot of things and um, I actually drove by this this halfway house this morning just because I, I had this big meeting today to talk about space and it's always like it's it's always really important for me to like remember my roots and remember yeah. what brought me here um, <clears throat> but I think that you know just that kind of full circle moment of like I think that living in that halfway house was kind of the first step for me for like you know kind of healing my inner child and and things I experienced as a teenager 
but also that was start of the realization that like this is what I want to do with my life yeah. is is to somehow work with young people. So no, that's yeah. that's definitely the, uh, <laughs> the truth. Like when you yeah. when you experience things as a child and you want to you know you want to remember it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like some especially like very hard things that you sure. want to kind of forget it, but at the same time it's like you need to. It's what makes us who we are. Yeah. You know? Like so, you want to remember some of those things. And yeah. It's um, it's led you to a you know a really great thing that you're doing for yeah. the community and everything. Um, so when you were 19 and mm-hmm. you know going through at the halfway house mm-hmm. and stuff, um, when do you kind of, when was kind of the thought process about like I want to start to help others? I think that I just knew that like I I knew that I I didn't want to continue on the path that I was taking, but I, I didn't really necessarily know what I was supposed to do with my purpose. So I, I literally, what I did is I just like went back to school. I, I went back to DMAC. Um, I started to take some classes. I started to like seek out some mentoring. Um, and then I ended up transferring to Drake university where I had, I was like, I want to do something with social work or human services. And I had someone sit down and, um, say like, have you ever thought about working with young people? And of course, like my whole life, People have told me like you should work with people. Like I, I just, I feel like that's just kind of like my. Um, it comes naturally to me. Like yeah. I, I, I genuinely love people, but I was always really afraid of what that would look like. And someone said, "Have you ever thought about being a teacher?" And I thought, "I've thought about being a teacher my whole life," um, but it was just always something that was really, really scary to me because I think it's something that I've always taken really seriously. I think working with young people is an incredible privilege, um, but I also think it's a huge responsibility. Um, because you're a part of literally like shaping them as their brains are being developed and the ways in which they're going to attach um, to people or the way the ways in which they're going to see the world. And so um, as somebody who is um, really sensitive, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm just a sensitive person in the way that I feel things and, and see things. I knew that that was a really big responsibility and I don't think I was ready to kind of actualize in that, that in myself mm-hmm. and st- until I started to... Um, be vulnerable, started to, you know, talk about, um, my own life and the things that I've, I experienced. And once I kind of started to crack that door, I think, um, that's where I knew that this was my purpose. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I get it. I think it's really when you start to, um, when you start to open up more about yourself Mm -hmm. and knowing your true self Mm -hmm. and like really start to, you know, understand basically what you've been through and what you want out of your life Mm -hmm. like that's when you really start to like that door opens where you're seeing exactly what you want Mm -hmm. and i think it's cool that you know it it takes it takes a a big person to be able to uh you know address themselves sure because whether it's helping others or just caring a lot about other people Mm -hmm. a lot of times we put ourselves in the back burner yeah absolutely so once you start to realize like i want to help myself Mm -hmm. then you're going to be able to help so much more people after that you know absolutely and i really believe like by like every interaction that i have with teenagers and particularly teenage girls just because that's you know my experience my the way in which i identify like every time i have an interaction with a teenage girl i think about the ways in which I would have wanted someone to interact yeah. with me, mm-hmm. you know, to 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 speak to me, to to be kind to me, even when it was difficult for me to be kind to others. Like I I think that when you work to um, pour into a young person, I mean, you're simultaneously healing yourself, yeah. and I think that that's really powerful for me. No, it it's is motivating for me. No, for sure. I think it's really, 
I think the youth and like I've, I've had a lot of conversations about people like, you know or with people I should say like our next generation and helping out others mm -hmm. like in building that next generation for stuff that we went through yeah like I don't want to see like one thing I always mentions like I don't want to see uh, you know like what I went through or what my friends went mm -hmm. through for the next generation absolutely if we can do something to help change you know those kids lives mm -hmm. and like so they don't have to go through exactly what you know absolutely people have gone through like that's such a big thing absolutely and i think we have to see it like see it as like doing our our part like um there's this poet that i really love his name is clint smith and like he talks about um like oppression and marginalization and the idea of like our job for for example of of like chipping away at racism and so like he he uses this metaphor of like um you know oftentimes we're not going to see the end of something or let's say the end of racism in our lifetime but we have to like trust that like every generation chipping away further and further is going to weaken the wall so that when our kids and then our grandkids inherit this wall it will be so weak yeah. you know and mm -hmm. i think that that's part of like my philosophy in education like is is that we have to in this case instead of chipping away at the wall is i think that my job is to build young people up so mm. that eventually, like once they do, you know, get their wings and go out in the real world that they can actualize any, any dream that they have. Like I, it's not about, you know, turning them into say a poet or a rapper or a graffiti artist or a, you know, a b-boy or something, which, yeah. you know, we, we work within those art forms. It's really just more about like, how can I contribute in building you up and making you believe that anything you put your mind to is possible which i do really believe mm -hmm. is possible um you know that's it's just it's being another another person um you know in a young person's corner and so to speak no in in some moments there's there's young people that they don't have anyone in their corner absolutely so they can go somewhere where they have that ability to feel like someone, you know, is behind them. Yep. You know what I mean? Someone's there for them. Like that can change so much. Absolutely. And like it's it's uh it's something that you see a lot in, you know, obviously there's bigger cities and there's like different things, mm -hmm. you know, but I think Des Moines, like we have a lot of like uh, you know, stuff with the youth here that I think mm -hmm. kind of people miss and don't see. Sure. Because when they think Iowa, they don't think that there's mm -hmm. like troubled youth or like this and that. Sure. But if you go into like these neighborhoods and like different stuff, like I mentioned, like I'm from the east side, I've sure. gone different places and everything. Like you see the neighborhoods and you see, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 mm -hmm. you know, teenagers and the, the issues that they're going through. Sure. If we can you know help them in any way possible, I think that's kind yeah. of like the goal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think just all kids, this is something I firmly believe in, is that all kids deserve a space to feel free, mm -hmm. to be free. Um, to express themselves. Um, I think, you know, when young people have spaces where they feel as if they can be their true and authentic selves, then they're less likely to express in, you know, negative ways or, in, you know, perhaps through violence or self-harm or drugs, drugs and alcohol. Um, you know, like, I think just that's, that's something that's really lacking for young people, just for them to be their true and authentic selves. And there's so many so many there's a lot of complexities about what it means to be your, your true and authentic self but i mean that's really what we try to do with with movement and with run dsm is to co-create those spaces with them yeah. so to speak because i mean that, that definitely is the truth like with uh you know and that's any age i feel like once you start to feel like you can be that like your true self but mm -hmm. especially like at a younger age too like you'll feel so much better yeah you know 
And did you feel like when you were, you know, started to kind of get into that realm, you know, when you're getting in probably in like your 20s, mm-hmm. uh, you know, starting to work with uh, kids, when did you start to work? You know, was it after like graduating and being able to uh, start teaching and everything or was it more just? Yeah. I mean, I started, I started my teaching career at North High School. And okay. so, um, yeah, I mean, North is really where I like fell in love with teenagers, just like, and, and they taught me taught me how to be a teacher. I mean, I literally, I feel like I showed up on my first day and just had no idea (laughs) what I was in for or what, like what I was actually doing. But I think like I I spent two years teaching at North, um, before like my position was cut and then I ended up going to Harding. But like, that was really kind of the beginning for me of like what it meant to talk to kids, what it meant to show up for kids, um, what teaching was actually about. Like Mm -hmm. they spend so much time in like teacher ed school, like prepping you like from a content perspective. Mm -hmm. And yeah, content is important. Like I'm not going to minimize that. I'm a public school teacher. I was an English teacher, but like, I mean the, like the content that I grapple with kids now, like, um, you know, art and activism, it just like, that's important, but there's so many things about like the development of a young person that you can't quantify, that yeah. you can't measure on a standardized test, that you can't. Um, so I think as I've grown as an educator, now I'm a 13th year public school teacher. So much about what I believe is important and necessary um, for a young person, perhaps particularly a teenagers, because teenagers are, are you know kind of the age group that I work with, mm-hmm. is a lot more about community and a lot more about care and a lot more about, um, you know, empathy and, um, the, like their social emotional needs as opposed to the content in which. And I think, yeah. And I I feel like that's kind of a thing that's missed a lot in the education system a lot. It's like very like, uh, you know, by the book, this Mm -hmm. is what kids need and like the emotional Mm -hmm. and like the social aspect of development, I think, is really missed mm-hmm. um, sometimes, you know. And then you have teachers like yourself and other teachers who, like, really want to focus on that. And I like, think that's great because if you, you know, if there's teachers that are focusing on the books and, like, this and that, like, that's cool. But if we can really, you know, start to analyze, you know, how can we develop the social skills, um, you know, just processing emotions, simple things that everyday life you need to have, especially when you go out to the real world. Right. And I think with, with children, that's like such a, uh, a thing that it, it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I think really going out there and once you get into the real world, it's, you know, it's a wide open canvas. And like, right. if you're able to like think back to, oh, I remember in class, like I was able to like, you know, start working on different things because mm-hmm. of this teacher, because yeah. of this moment. Like, have you had those experiences? And like, do you remember kind of like your first experience where you like really felt like you connected and maybe put a change into it? child's life well I think just like I mean just kind of like the evolution of of Rendy SM I mean I I think to backtrack like so much of what we're told is that we have to prepare kids for the real world and like our classrooms you know everything we do all the actions that we take in our classrooms should be to prepare kids for the real world when like a, a lot of the ways in which the, the real world, the real world, so to speak, is, is set up is just like rooted in oppression and marginalization and hierarchy and power. And like you, you will walk into a lot of classrooms where teachers are like, I'm the, you know, I hold all the knowledge and my job is to give it to the kids. And it's this, it, 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 
it, it maybe it replicates the world, real world, but it's certainly not the real world that I want to live in. Yeah. So I think the first thing we do is try and like, um, you know, throw that all to, to the side and determine like what kind of a space that we want to create. But I think like, I think I started to really see a shift really when we started Run DSM and, and Movement 515 when we were at Harding Middle School. I mean, young young people who, you know, on one hand were told that they were illiterate or were because they weren't proficient on a standardized exam, but on the other hand, who would come into my classroom and be rapping a full song with multisyllabic words mm-hmm. and, you know, like a complex storyline and theme and like, and I would be like, this kid's not illiterate. Mm-hmm. So I think it was literally just about like taking off the lenses that we've been taught um, we should be looking in and just re-examining the ways in which we're we're empowering young people. And instead of telling this kid like, um, you know, you you didn't score proficient, saying like, how can you showcase your brilliance in a way that just isn't typically recognized within the public education system? And that's where I started to change, like, and where a lot of like my conditioning, uh, you know, around whiteness and white supremacy within public education started to shift. Um, was sort of through that education and, and looking at other places where, you know, things that were deemed radical education were just education and how do we create those spaces within our district for kids, as you said, um, you know, are experiencing um, different forms of oppression, racism, um, in a place where people typically don't think that that's going to happen, like the state of Iowa, you yeah. know what I mean? And even just like Des Moines in general, like... Um, helping them create create spaces where they could express and they could be recognized, as I said, for the brilliance that they just, that lived inside of them, so. No, and I think that, like, a lot of times in the school system, it is that it's, like, you know, if you're not good at the standardized test, mm-hmm. if you're not good at a certain subject, then you're not going to be successful in life. Yep. And that's, the in my opinion, just like my opinion, I feel like a lot of times in the school system, it's very flawed like that. Absolutely. And we definitely need the change of, you know, changing the subject and the narrative of, you know, basically kids can go out and live a successful, amazing life using their creativity. Absolutely. And using things like that. And was that kind of the idea when you, you know, when you guys did start Run DSM and, you know, everything with all the amazing programs that you did was how can we kind of showcase uh, creativity and let kids know that this is what they can do if they want to? Absolutely. I think that's a part of it. Like, I think a part of it was, was etching out spaces for them to express, but also like to say that, like you being able to write a, to, to create a song or to write a rap or to write a spoken word poem was equally as if not just it was just as important if not even more beautiful than being able to write a five paragraph essay and like yes if like we want to be able to prepare you if if you want to go on to higher ed and you want to go on to college like we're going to prepare you for that but also like if if you decide that that path isn't for you like there are other paths i mean i think one of the things if not the thing that i'm most proud of about run dsm is like um our sort of like grow your own teaching artistry model. Like when we started, we didn't have access to a plethora of teaching artists because it's difficult to be a working artist Mm -hmm. in a small city like Des Moines, right? Like this was 10 years ago. And so one of the things that we realized is like, if we can, you know, um, you know, kind of get our little crew together and train teachers and just kind of people around us, 
we can uh, eventually the young people that are in our programs can be the mentors and can be um, to, for for the next generation because they will have experienced it. And so that's essentially like what we've been able to do is like to, to let young people know, like you can continue on with this. You can continue to create after high school. We do want to pay you, yeah. employ you to teach the next generation, but also because we want you to stay creating here in yeah. Des Moines. Right. Yeah. Like, that's so so yeah i think that the young people that we work with like do a lot of different things and it's just like i think having access to those opportunities and that awareness and etching out space within the system public education um for them to really give back and be compensated for it because i think that's one of the things that i struggle with a lot is like a lot we want to take from artists Mm -hmm. we i mean we take from artists all the time, but in a capitalistic society, we don't value artists. We no. don't pay artists. We don't allow artists the space to be able to to grow. And so a lot of people just end up not creating anymore. It's because when people see, I mean, obviously, like, you know, we have to pay for rent. We have Absolutely. To do like that. So it's like, oh, I have to go get, you know, an office job or yes. oh, I have to go this because my creativity isn't paying me money. Yep. And that's like, that's something that is really cool that can be changed you know Mm -hmm. like how can we and I think now going into the 10th year like would you say you're able to build this community Mm -hmm. from people that are growing and now these teenagers are you know mid-20s or this and that and they're becoming the teachers and being able to yeah and it just keeps going and you tell the kids you know like hey I was in that position I was doing this like this is where I'm at now this is what you can do with your life if you want to um, you know, write poetry, if yeah. you want to, you know, do art, dance, like anything. And you can produce it on your own. I think one of the things that I've just been so impressed with, like in the last couple of years is like, you know, we have a, <clears throat> we have a lot of young people that, uh, are, again, maybe they're not creating poetry. A lot of them are still, but like that are just going out there and creating their own clothing lines or publishing their own books or starting their own organizations that are now backed by boards and 501c3s. And I'm not saying that Run DSM and Movement 515 is responsible for that, but I do think it's really powerful when a young person gets to be a part of a community and the ways in which the young people that, that, that kind of like claim or rep Run DSM or Movement 515 are so hella supportive of each other. Like I, I think getting to watch it from like an outsider's perspective, but you know, even f- four, five, six, seven years out of the program and they're still just making sure that like they're, they're uplifting each other in that way. And I think it's because we want to see each other win. Everybody yeah. wants to see each other win. And, um, I think just, just being able to see some young people that, um, we've been able to share space with kind of put down roots in the community through organizations or, or just to start their own brand or, um, you know, to elevate their own art is like, that's what makes me proud. I just want young people to continue to create and we're going to do everything we can to continue to support them post post-graduation. Yeah. It's just, you know, supporting, giving the space. And it is really cool to see, you know, that anybody could really start doing anything that mm-hmm. they want to do. Like yeah. people can start a brand. I've seen amazing people write and publish books. Yeah. There's a a uh a, a kid that I met, he's a senior in high school, his name's Dylan, and he just wrote a book wow. and published it. That's and amazing. Now it's I think in like maybe like top forty or something like that what? for the uh it's like a children's book he wrote wow and it's like that's that's crazy i yeah. would have never thought that right like, back right, then, you know I mean? right? Like, when you're like, in high school yeah, like i'm like, gonna publish a book yeah but like that's what's cool about 
like the creativity that's mm -hmm. being open and you guys are a very big part of that and um I, one thing that i saw was you know with moving 515 mm -hmm. just speaking on is like the squad kind of aspect yeah. of you guys and like you guys really like come together and supporting each other and you see it through even social media like yeah. i'll see somebody do something and like then everybody who's you know different stuff like absolutely supporting, retweeting like all that stuff if yeah. it's twitter like um it, it's cool to see like and everyone just supporting each other and doing amazing things yeah and putting on for the community and helping each other yeah and you know you guys also do stuff to give back to whether it's the youth or just the community in general and mm -hmm. uh, one thing that i did really really appreciate like just was really great to see was um you know back in like april may mm -hmm. and everything when we when des moines basically everybody for the most part came together yeah and like did amazing things through protesting yeah. through different things and um it was it's just cool to see like the city come together we've been living here my whole life to mm -hmm. see people come together like that like yeah it was definitely a moment i feel like it was a it was a moment that i think that you know i mean generations have been preparing for this i think that we have to like acknowledge like yeah. there have been so many people that have come before us um, who have been particularly like in the fight for like black liberation. And this summer we saw our city like blow up, you yeah. know what I mean? Explode in this way. And it was really led by young people. And it was, I think a lot of the young people that, that, um, were part of run DSM that, that had, you know, were a part of this kind of revolution mm -hmm. in our city and also just a, across, across the world. Yeah. I mean, man, there were protests everywhere, protests London, in different countries. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of them said like, this is what we've been preparing for, for the last 10 years, you mm -hmm. know, like, um, I just, just taking the conversations, um, that we had in class or things that have been happening in workshops and literally like boots on the ground in the streets. And I think that, um, part of that was because so many of them, you know, already really like had each other's backs and, mm -hmm. Um, we're kind of brought up under this, what we call is like energetic reciprocity. It's, we're always building each other up. We're never tearing each other down. And just this idea of like, we're family, so we're going to fight for each other. Yeah. So this is, if you're asking me to come out tonight, if you're asking me to be at these protests, if you're asking me to be in the streets, like if, if you're going to be there, it's important, important that I'm there as well, yeah. because that's how we roll. <laughs> yeah. Support each other yeah. no matter what and come together. Um, I wanted to ask you something about when it comes to giving back. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's different ways to give back, right? Mm -hmm. There's whether it's monetary, you know, giving money, different things, supporting that way. Um, do you feel like there's a, a, I don't think there's a wrong way, mm -hmm. but do you think it's a, more important to give time to others versus, you know, value of the dollar? Honestly, I think you got to pick your lane and stick to it. Like, I think some people, like, I think one of the things that I noticed this summer is a lot of, a lot of people kind of hit me up because, um, I was able to be at a lot of things like being, 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 um, physically at the protest was important to me because I supported a, a because young people were there and, and asked that of me and I wanted to be of service, um, especially just as a white person, show up, tell me what I need to do, y'all lead the way. But I also think like some people that's not, that's not gonna be their lane. So I think you have to figure out like what, how can you best be of service for some people, that is just donating money. For some people, that is just donating time. But you have to do it and you have to do something every single day. Like, mm -hmm. you, it, it can't just be, you know, a one-time 
donation. It can't just be like, it, it has to be like to live like an anti-racist lifestyle for, for like, it, it has to be daily actions. And you also have to really like, I would say first, like dig into yourself. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's, I think where a lot of this dismantling begins. So like, I mean, I, I don't think there's one right way, but I think like everybody has to do something period. And that's, that's for sure. Like, you know, my thinking a lot of it is, it's like, how can, I think the question always has to be, how can we help? Mm -hmm. Whether, whatever, um, you know, whatever the issue is and mm -hmm. whatever is going on in, and especially in the community base, like I think in the country, in the world, like how can we help? But mm -hmm. I think it all comes back to how can we help our community because the community grows and the community moves and goes to different mm -hmm. places and stuff and then starts things in their community. And yeah, that's what creates a better world. And Absolutely. Then, you know, uh, it's it was really cool to see like throughout May and on yeah. and everything just like the, the greatness of our people and everybody coming together like dude. yeah and also now like the organizations that are you know have been created by yeah. per, like like young black people yeah. in our community I mean you know Des Moines Black Liberation Movement um, the Supply Hive mm -hmm. multiple sectors of mutual aid and mutual aid has existed here like think for for a while there's been people holding it down yeah. for a while but now like looking at the different mutual aid efforts that um you know kind of came because of this um i mean there's 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 a lot of organizations i think like i i don't even i like don't want to leave anybody out because right. i know there's so many like there's there's just a handful of things that really popped off this summer that people are are you know putting down their roots and in the community like in service particularly of of, of young people but also i think for um um, black liberation so um, yeah it's definitely not over it's just like now it's how like is it going to create yeah and, and how is it going to create some some sustainability mm -hmm. because I, the thing that you see a lot um, through different things is like there's that like a surge of things that happen right and then it dies out of course we need to get it to the point where it's it's sustainable and absolutely like and everything I think it is happening right now like I think last year really started some and like of course it's happened like before that but sure i think that moment here like in our community is really cool to see um i wanted to talk to you about obviously like we we've been in a pandemic for close yeah. to a year and a half yeah and it's been definitely hard on a lot of different people mm -hmm. um as a teacher how's it been kind of difficult with teaching and just kind of everything everything through, through, through the pandemic and uh, I mean, just saw in the news today, there was, you know, a bunch of unfortunate things that with funding and everything yeah. for DMPS and all that stuff. So yeah. what's kind of been the process? And because obviously the everyday person just living life, but especially for essential workers and yeah. people like teachers, how's that been for you? Um, it completely changed. I mean, I haven't taught in my classroom at Central Campus since the middle of March. So we're coming up on a year. Yeah. I mean, a year ago this weekend, we were producing, we produced our last in-person event a year ago coming up this weekend, um, which would have been Teen Summit. So it's, I think it's changed, it's changed everything, but also can just continually brought me back to what it means to care for young people. And if there's ever been a time to even stray further away from say content and curriculum and more to care, it, that's what's happened. I mean, 
I, it's impossible to replicate a classroom space that's rooted in discussion. Like what urban leadership, we basically engage with different pieces of content and talk about it. Mm. And it can get really, really heavy um, a, a lot because, you know, our, our primary focus is life is primary text. So we utilize the experiences of our students um, and the experiences of people um, as, as experts, as the primary text in which we study. And so it's very personal. Um, and it's difficult to replicate that over a computer mm -hmm. screen. Like we have great conversations, but um, it's just not the same. So I think my approach with kids is really, really different. Like, um, you know, right now it's second semester, it's February. February is literally like just the hardest time of the school year for kids. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, they're, you know, there's, uh, there's no breaks, you know, in between really winter break yeah. and, and spring break. It's just long, it's cold, we're tired. And so I'm trying to like, I'm kind of struggling with kids right now to like turn in assignments and such. And I'm trying to figure out different approaches. And today I was like, I'm not going to mention anything. I'm, I, I text them and email them. Texting is primarily the best way because it's like one-on-one -on -one and they can't really avoid me as mm -hmm. much. I feel like, <laughs> um, so I'm like, I'm just going to text them all like, meme a meme today like nothing about school and it's like so many of them have gotten back to me and i'm like this is it like so it's just again like figuring out different ways to build relationships with kids and then you know gently nudge them to to you know move towards the content but also really de-emphasizing those systems of you know traditional ways of, of grading and attendance and just making sure that they're okay because mm -hmm. our kids have also been in isolation for almost a year and yeah. a lot of them are getting ready to go back to school and um, my program will remain online just because of the way that central campus is set up. Mm -hmm. There's there's so many schools yeah. that come. There's so much, um, so many pieces that, that um, come together there, but um, it's been really, really difficult, but also just another way to, to reevaluate our priorities and yeah. to support kids in different ways. And we've never stopped supporting kids. And that's the thing that I think is most important. Oh, it is. And it's been, it's been really cool to see different things, like just across like in our community, but then like, mm -hmm. you know, different social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram, yeah. like the ways teachers have been like yes. doing different things. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's really cool to see. And yeah. um, the thing I've always worried about is like, you know, children that are in situations that like, you know, are unfortunate in their home lives and stuff. Mm -hmm. And school was like that escape, yeah. you know, like going to different things. And um, I read like a study where in our community, like I think it's like one out of five students are experiencing like mental health yeah. through not only, you know, in different things, but just because of like virtual classroom yes. and having this ability. Um, I think that's something that, you know, obviously like kids are starting to go back to school, like they, you know, are doing the, what, the 100%, like, either that way or that yep, way. Yep, absolutely. Either 100% in-person or 100% virtual is the is now. Yeah. Yes. It's like you have those things go on, and um, I think, like you said, just reaching out, and some of those things need to, you know, be more of, like, kind of a laid-back, like, you know, hey, are you okay today? Yes. Versus, like, do you have this, this, and yes. this Yes, did you turn in your assignment? Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's interesting, like, I've, you know, been talking to um, some parents lately as well, and I think, as you said, like the, the mental health of our kids in general, I think has, well, not I think, I mean, according to all of the research, it's just diminished. I mean, mm -hmm. I like, you know, I think we all can remember what it's like to be a teenager and how much, um, you know, the social aspect of like their growth and development is, 
it's it's really important. It's really important. And I don't think we can minimize that. That's like a big part of, it's a big part of all of our identities, but especially when you're a teenager. Yeah. And so to take that away from them, I mean, obviously, like very rightfully so, like we have, we, we have a huge COVID issue in our <laughs> state particularly, but um, talking to parents like of, of it, it's, I think it's intimidating for any parent to be reached out to by a teacher. And so I always, I, I always try to be really gentle in the fact that like, I'm not reaching out to you because your kid's in trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm not reaching out. Like there's flexibility, there's grace, like due dates, what, what are due dates? But like, what does your kid really need? And like, what do you need as a parent to support your kid? And so many parents have just been like, thanks for just checking on my kid. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like I don't, I had one parent a couple weeks ago. She was like, Miss Lang, I honestly don't even know what you teach. Like, I don't even know what your content is, but my kid loves you and yeah. feels cared for. And that to me is far more important yeah. with, than whether or not your kid's getting an A, B, C, yeah. D or F. Right? No, for sure. I think it's really just making sure that they're okay and like and then especially like reaching out when reaching out to parents too like i think parents definitely appreciate that yeah and parents are overwhelmed too yeah it's a weird time right now like i think we're all just trying to get through it and like figure out different ways to cope or um you know really figure out our kind of lane on what we're trying to do right now yeah and I think with teachers, it's been amazing how you guys have been doing different things. Just and gotta adapt, right? It's adaptability. That's mm-hmm. the from twenty twenty on. That's yep. pretty much that's what's going on and everything. It is. Um, speaking kind of like more on yourself um, through kind of this past like year and mm-hmm. going into this year, like how how do you feel like you've grown? You know, personally. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know what what do you feel like you've kind of experienced over the past year or so? I mean this this past year has been. I would say completely transformative to me. Like pre, you know, uh, pre-pandemic, you know, I started going through a separation with my husband who I co-created this organization with. It's it's certainly, um, it's it's not a secret, but it's also, um, you know, it's it's big, it's life-changing. It's, um, it's, it's still, it's, it's still happening. I'm still evolving. And so I think like, I have have been just transforming in what does it mean to, um, you know, I, I don't want to say be on my own, but be on my own again. Like, that's part of it. But what does it mean to be um, a mom, mm-hmm. you know, a, a single parent? What does it mean to, um, you know, to continue to, to grow an organization that also was grown out of, you know, love in a way, you know, and, and for, for that to, to be changing. Um, I think just, um, re like re reprioritizing everything. Like what is important? What is important to me? What isn't, I, I think everybody's kind of re reprioritized that, but I think, um, it has also grounded me in, in this work and in my purpose and, and, and that, um, I really do live to serve young people. Um, but um, that is also just a part of me, you know? So mm-hmm. I think this past year has has solidified my purpose, but also just kind of continued to peel back the layers of, like, myself and my life. And, you know, um, I've just thought a lot about um, these different, like, cycles of life. And really, like, half my life ago was, was when I came to Des Moines. And, you know, now half a life later, like, you know, I'm kind of going in a different direction that I didn't know that I was going to be going in personally um but that's okay too and Mm -hmm. I think I think one of the things that's been really powerful for me this year is to kind of like 
open up and be even more vulnerable with my young people about what I've experienced and I've been able to lead on, you know, young people, former young people who aren't young anymore, who help run the organization with me and um, for them to just not have to just see me as, you know, Miss Lang or as Mama Lang as some of the, some of the kids call me, um, but just Emily Lang, like yeah. for, for me is who I am, like aside from Run DSM or aside from Ruby, my daughter, like I am a whole person mm-hmm. aside from my work as well. Um, and I do create aside from, you know, just supporting other creatives. And so I think, um, you know, through perhaps a lot of like heartache and heartbreak and isolation, I've started to find my way back to myself again. And I think that that's something that I hope to continue to do, you know, like as I grow older, like I, I hope that, that, and I hope that I can help young people see, you know, like you can go through. We're all going to experience personal devastation. Like, I feel like I experienced personal devastation simultaneously while, like, our world was experiencing Mm -hmm. this, like, just, like, collective devastation. But as I've been able to, like, um, heal and walk through this time um, in, like, on my own, other people, everyone else has been able to, like, walk through this this time as well. So there's, there's been this odd, like alignment like individual alignment of getting back to what's important or getting back to myself while our country kind of resets and has to figure out what that is as well so that's been that's kind of been my journey this past year no you know it's definitely um it's i feel like the year (laughs) that's for sure like when you go through you know a lot of different personal things and everything and you see the world around you and it's like man, this is like really, you know, they're going through, they're doing all this stuff and everything. But I think if anything, the year really is like focused on yourself, you know, like because yeah. you, you're in isolation, right? Yeah. For most of the part, and you really start to, you know, figure out what you want in life, mm-hmm. who you are, and really start to figure out. And the other thing you mentioned about um, you do a lot of different things mm-hmm. and you're into a lot of different, whether it's, you know, running, you know, run DSM and yeah. doing all these programs and then being a mom yeah. and, you also still have to have that, like the self identity. Yep. And that's something that loses a lot with people who are, you know, run, you know, different things or in businesses, parents and everything. Mm-hmm. We, we get so caught up with, uh, figuring out the everyday things mm-hmm. that we forget who we are and what we're trying yeah. to process and go through. And I think from what it sounds like, you've done an amazing job doing it. And I think it's just really, um, and to anybody out there that's, you know, really going through that as well, like, it's just really kind of taking some time and, like, self-care and, yeah. like, you know, really trying to figure out, like, who we are and who you are as a person. Yeah. 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 No, I think, and I think, like, working with teenagers, I think, you know, when when you work with teenagers and I think especially as teachers, sometimes they can, like, put you on a pedestal or they, you know, they, they see me in you have your life together, Miss Lang, like you have a great job. Like you, you know, you help run this organization. You're a mom. You like, everything looks so perfect. And I think that one of the things that has been powerful for me, like important for, for me this year is to help is, is to be a little bit vulner- more vulnerable about like my, my past and what brought me to this work. Um, because I, I want any teenager to know that like, don't ever give up on yourself. Like, you know, if you, if you knew Miss Lang when I was 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, 
um, you probably wouldn't have predicted that this would be my life now. And I don't say that in, in any like, I, I think I just say that to be like, do not ever give up on yourself. Oh. Like you can recreate your life at any time. Like, and I don't, I don't take for granted any of the second chances that, that I was given. I think that because I, because I was granted second chan chances, it's my obligation and my responsibility to give back, to pay it forward, as they say. I would. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think like that um, you can be successful and be really complex and be flawed and, and um, you know, wake up every day and try to be a new person every day. And so that's, that manifests itself in my philosophy for education. Like, you know, I believe that no matter what, young people deserve new opportunities every single day. And so like, if, if I, you know, I was given those opportunities, I want to give the, I want to give, give young people opportunities to be their best selves every single day and nurture them along the way. And, um, you know, I was talking to a parent the other day, uh, as a, as a little, little brother of, um, uh, of a young, young man that I spent a lot of years with. So I know his parents really well. And his mom and I were texting and she was like, Oh mama, I'm so sorry. Like he's being a teenager right now. And I just said, like, we just love him through it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we just have to love him through it. Like, we were all, every single one of us was some kind of way when we were a teenager. Yeah. And we can't forget that. So I think that that's something that I just feel really grateful to, to get to be, to get to get to do is be, be just another person to, to love him through it yeah. and get him through to the other side. So. And, and I, I really strongly believe in, you know, these chances that are given and we live through life and there's like you said there's different cycles there's different mm -hmm. moments in our life and you know these things are a part of us but it doesn't define us absolutely and like those are things that i think anybody who's whether they're going through stuff or having a bad day week you know month year or whatever like you know i think it's really just those are just moments in your life and how can I learn from that? You know, what lesson did I you know, gain from that? Mm -hmm. And like you said, like the, the, what can I show others of what I went through? Mm -hmm. And so this is my experience. Yep. And I think that's just being more open with others and be more vulnerable Yeah. and the ability to do that, like through the programs and everything. Like, um, I think it's really, it's, it's really cool to see. And I think being able to, and I wanted to ask you as far as like the programs go and stuff, mm -hmm. like when you guys started versus now, like seeing the, the growth of, I mean, you're at the 10 year mark and yeah. everything, like starting off with just doing, um, cause I mean like, even like from hearing like, you know, countless like amazing, you know, things that you've done through poetry mm -hmm. and, um, through, you know, break dancing yeah. and everything, which is crazy because, like, now I'm trying to, like, remember stuff. And yeah. Like, I remember going to something at Harding for break dancing. I'm like, sure you did. So it's probably, yeah. like, yeah, like, I don't know. And so the like, Harding Breakers, there's yeah. a there's a crew there now. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of tentacles. It's, it's cool to see and, like, just really putting that creativity in the community. And um, I think being able to let kids know that I've been here and I've mm -hmm. been to this moment and this is how I got through it. doesn't mean this is exactly how you're going to get through it. Right. But if I can give you any sort of wisdom, advice, or, like, whatever, you can take it how you want and yeah. just kind of, like, you know, live your life, but then also, like, kind of know some of those things. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned, like, your purpose and, you know, helping, you know, others and helping the youth and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, if you kind of, like, thought about today um, what your purpose in life is, like, what would you, you know, your core values, like, your, your ideal kind of like purpose in life. Yeah. Be. I mean, I, I 
believe for myself that I am 100% guided by um, radical love and compassion. And when I say like radical love and compassion, I mean that like as an, as an action. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like, um, I think I talked a little, you know, a little bit about it throughout the whole time is like, um, if I want to heal myself, then I need to take specific actions, um, to instill confidence and, and healing in, in others and in, in teenagers. And I think that, you know, that, that means giving kids a new opportunity every day. It means, um, being open to, to feedback and, and sitting down and trying to etch out, um, you know, spaces for young people to lead within a system that they weren't typically, you know, given the opportunity to lead in. Um, I think, I mean, ah, when it comes to my purpose, I think my 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 purpose is to lead with radical love and compassion and to build young people up to, um, you know, actualize any dream that, that they have for themselves. And I don't know what that is in each young young person. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care I don't care what it is, um, but I just want them to um, feel like no matter what they they put their mind to that that they can do and that that they're going to be supported and they're going to be confident in that and. Um, that's why I feel like I'm supposed to do the work that I'm supposed to do, yeah. you know? Oh, I get it. And I feel like there's a point where, um, I, I heard it personally, like throughout life and everything. It's like, there's a moment where like, you know, your dreams are your dreams and like, you're supposed to like, let them go and mm-hmm. go to like, go do something else and go out to the real world and all this stuff. And I think you can do whatever you want in life. You can live without any single dream that you want to do. Like, and I think that's something that the narrative that needs to be changed for a lot of like, Absolutely. kids. Absolutely. Kids keep on getting told that and the youth gets keep on told that you can only do this pocket of thing for yeah. so long until it becomes a thing that like now you're not successful in life because you're not doing it. Absolutely. And it's it's time to change that. And then, like you're definitely working on it and doing amazing things for yeah. it. Word. I appreciate that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you had any kind of like last words, first of all, thank you so much. For of course. Me. I really appreciate it. Of week. course. Thank you for having me. For sure. And uh, if you had any last words, kind of give to the people and just anything you would want to say, just go ahead. Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know. I think like if you're not actively supporting young people or youth movement or youth leadership, um, change that. <laughs> Do that. I mean, like I, why would we invest in anything other than our kids and I think that that is um, something that everyone should like actively look at. Like, how am I, regardless of whether or not you have kids, you want kids, like, what are you doing to make um, make our kids um, stronger, more empowered, more confident? Um, because, I mean, they're going to be taking care of us someday. So it, it's it's for all of our benefit, I would say, to do that. Just give back to the next generation. Yeah. Let's build the youth up. Absolutely. Um, really just just get out there yeah everything for the kids for sure um well again thank you for coming on if you uh i know you guys are still doing amazing things through covid so yeah um where can they follow you guys you know what you guys what classes do you guys have going on like just promote yes movement 515 follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at movement 515 Right now, we are doing in-person workshops um, at Good Vibes Movement, 1600 6th Avenue, every Monday from 4 to 6.30. All Des Moines Public Schools high school students are invited to attend. We have um, two workshops this spring. Um, We're doing Spoken Word with Jaleesha Johnson. 
and Leah Waftle McGarra. And then we're doing um, emceeing and music production with Teller Banks and Gnarly Jevy. Um, and we're, we're hoping to prepare for um, a big slam and potentially um, the return of Summer Fam Jam, which is our, our um, youth music festival. We're trying to figure out some different things for that. But um, middle school students, um, we have programs in all of our middle schools in Des Moines Public Schools. Those are online. Um, so if anybody has any questions, all they got to do is hit us up on Movement 515 and we'll connect them. But hopefully in the fall, we'll be back with, you know, um, all of our programs, which, you know, we typically have programs in... Uh, 30 schools in Des Moines public schools so we'll be getting back to it we just have to you know continue to protect ourselves and our safety but yeah follow us movement 515 sure appreciate you coming on cool thank you all right you guys that's going to do it for this episode I want to thank Emily for coming on I want to thank you guys for tuning in definitely appreciate it and uh, one big takeaway I had from this episode was just um, not only how much uh, inspiration Emily is to me and how much respect I have for her but also just uh, it's so cool to see her give back and um, really care about the community that she lives in and just the amazing youth that we have here, the amazing, creative, talented, very, you know, just special um, people we have in our community. And it's so important for us to, you know, just teach and give to our next generation. Um, not only because, like she said, those are going to be the ones that are taking care of us, but it's just important to whatever we have learned in life to pass it on, pass our knowledge on to the next generation. And whatever experiences we go through, um, no matter if it's trauma, no matter if it's good things, bad things, anything, like why don't we give this knowledge and these things that we have learned to the next generation? Um, I think it's amazing what she's doing with Run DSM and Movement 515 and um, the amazing you know mentors and people that she has a part of it and um, I'm just really excited and for the, the future of our future um, is in good hands uh, because of people like Emily. So shout out to her. Um, shout out to, again for you guys for listening. Uh, again, I want to thank you so much, man, just for the support as always. Uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Phoenix. That's the personal page. You can follow anything uh, Rise Again Media related on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Rise Again Create. Guys, visit the website at riseagaincreate.com. Got a lot of great stuff that's about to happen to it. Um, going through a little revamp here soon, so definitely just stay tuned. I'm looking to push more content on there and do uh, great things on there as well. Uh, and I, I also want to give time to just really promote Emily and Run DSM and you know Movement 515. I want you guys to go follow uh, Movement 515 on you know Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, amazing things that is going on in our community. Amazing classes like Movement Mondays. Um, just go follow uh, the page if you guys have anything that you want to support or help. Uh, you can find anything there, um, any information there. Uh, and yeah, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much, and we'll see you the next time. Peace.